Look at the person next to you and tell them the presence of God is here. Come on, let them know. Tell them the presence of God is here. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. What a beautiful, beautiful start to our week of prayer and fasting. What a beautiful start. Church, this is how it's going to be every single night of the of this week just filled in God's presence just filled in his love how many of you know what I'm talking about here this morning there's just a beautiful spirit here thank you father thank you so much for your presence in this place I want to welcome you guys those of you watching on Facebook YouTube listening on our podcast thank you so much and church if you have not subscribed to any of these please do so that's the best way that we can continue reaching everyone around the world and here in our city. We are going to put a pause here to our series on the book of Luke because I want us to uh, be able to talk about the purpose of prayer and fasting. Uh, I want you, if you brought your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And once you have it there, I want you to say amen as I kind of give the little intro of what today's message is going to be all about. God has blessed us with new families this past year. And of course, we have seasoned veterans in our home as well. And so for our new families, we want you to know what the purpose is for prayer and fasting week. Why do we set a time of five days uh, uh, for prayer and fasting. There are other churches that are doing 21 days. There are other individuals who are, who are doing a different fast of 40 days sometimes and so forth. And what we as Emmanuel Worship Center have, have uh, noticed in the last couple of years is that doing a corporate fast for a week long, uh, Monday through Friday, man, is just powerful because we are all in one accord. And so we want to make sure that everyone knows the purpose of why we're going, we're going to be meeting every night here at Emmanuel Worship Center, 7 o'clock, to worship, to pray, and to fast as one. We are, we are encouraging every single one of you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, yes, you. Go ahead and tell him, tell him, yes, you. He's talking to you and me. Um, uh, and, 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 I, and this is for all of us. This is for all of us. This is needed, and I want to talk about the purpose of why. Yes, even in this cold weather, we are going to be nice and warm here in worship, Emmanuel Worship Center. How many of you say amen? Hey, listen, if people can do this, okay? If people can do this to watch a game, if you saw the game last night, it was minus 2 degrees, and it felt minus 20 degrees chill, and there were still thousands of people outside cheering on two teams that have no idea who they are personally, but God knows you. So yes, we want you to be safe. We want you to be safe. Make the best decision. And yes, we'll have it live on Facebook and YouTube. But those who are able to attend, come, 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 come. It is powerful. Even if you felt it right now, how wonderful it is to worship God as a body of Christ. And so let's do that this week. So as we enter into, into this new season, it's time for us to remember that when we intentionally, intentionally draw near to God and seek Him, there's a reward for us. There's a reward for us where we are going to seek 
We are going this week into a week of seeking, searching, asking, questioning. We are going into a week where we are going to be looking. And it is important to know that we know what is our main goal for seeking in this next five days. What, what is the reward? I mean, what is the, the, word that, the reward that we receive when we seek the Lord? Have you thought about that? I think we've forgotten a lot of times. We forget that there's a reward for those who earnestly seek seek the Lord. I think we I, I think we tend to forget of this promise because of the business of life. We can dangerously church dangerously get into a routine where church just becomes a part of our schedule, a part of our calendar. Some people might say, "Hey, what's tomorrow? Sunday. Oh yeah, there's service." Or what day's today? Wednesday. Do we have anything this afternoon? Church. Oh, yeah, that's right. And church just simply becomes another check off your list. We come and we say to ourselves, well, that was good music. That was good songs. The preaching was okay. But you know what? Let's go. We got things to do. All right. Here's how I check my heart. Okay. Here's how I check my heart. If church has just become a routine for me, this is how I do it. I don't know how you do it, but this is how I do it. If I get more excited about what I'm going to eat after church, there's a problem. Yes or yes? Yes. We're going to go to church. But afterwards, we're going to go to El Paso. Man, it's a new restaurant in Alvin. Oh, my God. Oh, I hope church is over. I hope they only do two songs and preach for a little bit. And then we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So, again, that's, that's just that's a check of my heart. And if that happens to me, I check my heart. And I say, wait a minute. Yeah, all of that is great, but being in the house of God is so important. It's so great. Remember that the purpose of coming to church is to seek Him and find Him. We need Him more today than we needed, than we needed, him, than we needed him yesterday. And guess what, church? Tomorrow, we're going to need Him again. Somebody say amen to that. Tell your neighbor, there's a reward. Go ahead, tell your neighbor, there's a reward for those who will seek the Lord. Hebrews 11, if you, have, if you have your Bibles with you, Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6 says, And without faith, <clears throat> excuse me, it is impossible to please God. But anyone, oh, I love that, anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone, that means you, me, anyone who comes to him must believe that, number one, he exists. So when we come this week, we got to believe that he exists. Number two, that he, watch this, rewards those who earnestly seek him. We've got to believe that he exists and that he rewards us. The word earnestly means with sincere, intense conviction. Another uh, uh, definition is that we do this seriously. You're going to be talking to your neighbor a lot. So tell your neighbor, seriously. Like, take it seriously. Young people, those of you who are here, take this seriously and watch what God does. I've always said this, and maybe we need to put this on a shirt, but this is what I always said. If you think Christianity is boring, then you are doing it wrong. Let me say that one more time. If you think that Christianity is boring, you are doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. To live for Christ is an adventure. It's a journey, and I love it. Now, these are the words of Jesus in Matthew. You, you stay in the Hebrews, but I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 6. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is when Jesus was speaking and preaching about prayer. This is what he says. He says, but when you pray, you go into your room, you close the door, you pray to your Father 
who is what church unseen then anytime you see that word then man it's powerful then if you do this then your father who does what church who sees see he's watching who sees you who sees what you've done in secret will what church reward you other translations say that he will reward you openly another translation says that he will reward you publicly in other words a life uh, a private prayer results in a life a public reward god's people say amen god will reward you and i when we decide when we make the decision i'm going to seek him today i'm going to seek him now that's what I'm, I'm going to do. Now, all of us know this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. Raise your hand if you know the scriptures. You know the scriptures, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. If you know it, or if you can read it, let's read it together. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. How many times have we heard that scripture before? Yes? Some of you, you have it somewhere where you, 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 you read it constantly. Maybe it's on a sticky note during, during the, the event that the life, excuse me, that uh, KSBJ does, et cetera, et cetera. But let's read on. Read on to what verse 12 and 13 says. Then, listen, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will, I love this, let's read it together. And I will listen to you. This is God speaking. I will listen to you. I love what Pastor Bellino says. God listens. We know that statement for, from KSVJ as well. But, he, but Pastor Bellino adds on. And he listens. He listens to us. And the scripture is it's telling us that when we call on him and we come, he listens to you. Now look at verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me. Here's the key. With all your heart. With all your heart. There's a promise found on the other side of seeking the Lord with all of our heart. And the church says, Amen. See, when we pray, He listens and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, what I want to be clear, because I want to make sure that we know the difference between the two. So let's, let's be clear. This is what I've learned and this is, this is a statement that I want to make sure that everyone here whose present knows, and those of you watching or listening, that you know that we are saved by grace, not by any works should anyone boast. That's what scriptures very clearly. In other words, salvation is free for you and me. Somebody say amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. You do not have to earn your salvation, scripture says. You do not. No, no, you don't do any... Jesus has paid it all. Somebody say amen for that. You don't have to do any. any you, you don't earn your salvation. It is given by grace and grace alone. What Christ did on the cross. Now, when you walk, this is the difference. When you walk in the reward of the Lord, it's different. The reward of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, that's different. That's different because to receive that, there is, there, is, there is a condition. We must seek God with all of our heart to receive that reward, that blessing. See, salvation doesn't cost you and I a thing. Jesus paid it all. I love that song. Jesus paid it all. And that's all I know. Okay. But the reward of the Lord does come with a price because you know what? It's going to cost you all of your heart. It's going to cost you all of your time. 
you, the time you spend seeking is going to cost your attention. It's going to cost it all. Now, don't look at God like, well, God, you're unfair. What's going we do this as parents, too, to our children. How many parents in the house do we have? Let me see. Show of hands. How many parents? How many of you, you love your kids unconditionally? Like, you just, you just love them. Oh, less hands went up. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Let's try that one more time. How many of you love your children unconditionally? Look at this. Yes, unconditionally. You love them. But church, when they want something, what do we say? What do good parents say? You have to earn it. Any good parent does that? Now, if you give your children everything they want, mm, ooh, ooh, watch out. That is not good parenting. Let me say it one more time. That is not good parenting. You, you are not their best friends. I already mentioned this so many times. You are their parent. You are mom. You are dad. And there are times they're going to say, I hate you. That's okay. I love you. And I know where you're heading. And I know where you're heading. And I, I tell my children, my, your mom and I have invested so many years in prayer. And your grandparents have prayed and invested so much for you all of a sudden to give all of that up for one thing. No. Or no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. How many of us as good parents, we say, you want it? You got to earn it. You got to work for it. If you want this, okay, show me that you can deserve it. Show me that you can handle it. Show me that you're responsible for it. It's the same thing with God. Salvation is for everyone. But this reward requires us for us to decide, I'm going to seek the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to spend that time with all my heart. I'm going to take this seriously because there's a reward at the end of it all. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Somebody say, hallelujah. Now, here's the, the funny thing. Is God really up in the galaxy somewhere far, far away where he is just hiding? Maybe hiding behind Saturn? Can they see me? Hey, Michael, can they see me? You know, talking to the archangel, to the angel. Hey, can they see me? Gabriel, Gabriel, can they see me? No, he's not. Or here's a better one yet. Is God hiding here in the church? Like somewhere, maybe behind one of the chairs, maybe behind one of the cameras, maybe behind this curtain church. Maybe that's why we have it, because there's a place for God to hide. Come on, everybody say, no, no, that's not, that's not what it means. Church, instead, he's talking about the journey of seeking him and, 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 and where we find joy in the finding. I don't, let, let me kind of explain. I, have ever, ever been searching God? Like you spend time in just searching God. And when God is revealed, you say, yes, I knew you were here. I knew that was you. I knew you would take care of that problem. I knew you exactly. And there's this joy. All the parents in the house, how many of you played hide and go seek with your children? How many play that? And do you know what I'm talking about? The little kids when you play with them and you hide. There's a pastor who once said, you know, if I played hide and go seek with my kids, and I really wanted them not to find me, I could really hide, and they would never find me. But what do we do as good parents? We hide somewhere easy when they know that they're going to find us. And then it's not that you are trying to hide from them. It's that you're trying to give them the experience of the joy of finding you. 
You know what I'm talking about? The face in your child's, the, 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 the face, their, their expression, their smile, when they say, I found you. And then there's that moment of embrace and hug. And, 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 and my kids and I, we used to play a game called Buffalo Game, where I would just go here and they try to tackle me and things like that. I'm, I'm too old for that right now. Now, Joshua keeps wanting to play. I'm like, son, let me buy you a real Buffalo, because, man, I cannot no more. But it's that joy, the joy of finding God is not hiding in a place where you and I can never find him. No, he's right here. He's right next to you. He just wants you to make the decision to say, God, I'm going after you. I'm going after you. I'm going to go. I'm going to seek after you. And at the end of that journey, there is a reward. During the week of fasting and prayer, that's what we're doing. We are pursuing God. There's this word called calibration that means to make the necessary adjustments so that we can work properly. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to this week, we're going to make the necessary adjustments so that we can pursue God and find him. And you know what? We've had a year of up and ups and downs. We had a year, a long year of ups and downs. How many just shake your head and say, yeah, yeah, ups and downs of life. We need that adjustment. We need that calibration. God says, come after me. God says, come after me. Come seek me and you will find your reward. If you're taking notes, I have three quick questions. What is a seeker? What is the reward and how do I seek God? So a seeker is someone who's searching, looking, pursuing a greater proximity of God's presence. It is someone who has said in their heart and said, you know what? I'm going to start this journey and follow him and search for him. His name is Jesus. Now, those of you who have a relationship with God, I want you to know that there's two seekers in our lives. The first one is you. Whether this is your fourth Sunday coming or your first one or your 14th year, you're a seasoned veteran. You have said in your heart, you know what? I want to know him. I've said my, my, my heart. I, I don't know it all. But ever since I started to look for him, ever since I started searching, I've experienced this joy after joy from glory to glory. And I just want to keep moving forward. Anybody here in this house is just like that. It's like, I just want to keep moving. That's you. You are the seeker but you know what there's another seeker and it is him it is jesus who's seeking those who worship in spirit he's seeking you turn your bibles to john chapter 4 uh, this is when uh this is john chapter 4 when when he's talking to the samaritan woman at the well <clears throat> and i want us to turn there because this is such a beautiful story that clearly depicts what we're talking about today. There's a sinner in search of a savior in seeking love and acceptance. And then there's another seeker. His name is Jesus on the other side of the story, coming to the right place at the right time, seeking after her life. And as we read it and as you listen to it, I want you to make those connections. I want you to see and listen to the actions that these two seekers are doing. I want you to notice a conversation and how they're going back and forth. She is asking good questions. She is asking. She's prompting. She is clarifying. She even comes to a point where she's doubting for a second. Maybe she's pulling forward and then she steps right back. And that's good. That's a good relation to have. You have to have this conversation with your father, with the Lord. And watch how Jesus answers. And I want you to see the reward at the very end. So this, I'm going to start. This is chapter 4. And I'm going to start with verse 4. Now, he had 
to go through Samaria. This is Jesus. He had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of, the, of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Listen, this was all part of the plan, church. It's all part of the plan. When a Samaritan woman came, here's the seeker. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Would you give me a drink? Start that conversation. Start in that, that conversation. Simple question, simple uh, 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 asking, Would you please give me a drink? His disciples had gone to buy some food. Verse 9, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews and not associate with Samaritans. <laughs> this is, in other words, she's saying, who am I that I can serve you? We're not even in the same, we, we, we don't even are in the same level. How can I serve you? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Revelation. Sometimes church is right in front of us and we miss it. And we miss it. Now watch this. Verse 11. She says, sir. Okay. Out of respect. Not savior. Not Lord. Sir. There's no relationship yet. Just yet. The woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And, and the well is deep. See that doubt? But here she's just continuing to question. Where can you get this living water? Good question. Good question. Are you guys seeing this? This is two seekers. One is looking for one and one is looking for the other. And they're, they're having this beautiful dialogue here. Verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Another great question. Have, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and did also his sons and his livestock? She's just making sure. Am I talking to the right person? Jesus answered. See? Ask, and it shall be answered to you. But if you just stay quiet, no answers are going to come your way. you got to ask. you got to ask. And he answers. Everyone who drinks this water, guess what? Will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water I give them, take a look at the promise, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to, look at that last two words, eternal life. What is Jesus offering? Salvation. Man, this is beautiful right here. This beautiful uh, uh, picture of these two seekers. One is seeking uh, as a sinner salvation and the other one is seeking her as a soul that is lost. The woman said to him, again, seeking, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. And have to keep coming here to draw water. In other words, I realize that I need what you have. I need what you're talking about. Then verse 16. This is where it gets personal. See, a lot of us, we love church. We love the singing. We love the good message. We love the good inspiration. We love all of that. But as soon as the Jesus gets personal, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did not know you were going to ask me about that. No, no, forget it. I go find it somewhere else. Church, everywhere you go, Jesus will get as personal with you as you allowed him to. 
But it starts with that conversation. It starts with it. And maybe that's why a lot of people don't commit. Because they have all of this past that Jesus reveals. Now, I want you to see how Christ does not come with a condemning. He doesn't come with a pointing of fingers. He comes and he just simply reveals to her what she's going through. So that what? He can help her out. He wants to pull her from that. Look at verse 16. This is where it gets personal. He told her, go call your husband and come back. See, this is pointing out some of the things that she's going through. Verse 17. She's honest. She says, I have no husband, she replied. Now, right here is where Jesus just drops the truth. And we have all been at that moment. We have all been. There are many of you that you come to a service, whether Pastor Andrew, Pastor Jonathan, myself, Pastor Bellino, they read from Scripture, they preach, and some of you, you said, who told the pastor about my story? Because everything that they said is exactly what I am going through. Anybody have that moment? Don't have, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, like who told them? Who? Listen, nobody told us. It's the Word of God revealing itself to you that you and I are sinners and we need Jesus in our lives, period. There, 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 there's no pointing fingers. Church, it is all. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. So look at what Jesus says. Jesus told her, verse 17, you're right when you say you have no husband. Verse 18, the fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you are now that you have now is not your husband he reveals our sin he reveals it all what you have said it's quite true verse 19 this is when she steps back again sir the woman asked the woman said i can see that you are a prophet our ancestors worship on this mountain but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. She knows all of these things. She has been taught about it. So all those seeds have been planted in her heart. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor on Jerusalem. And guess what, church? That time is already here because we're in a no mountain. We're in Emmanuel Worship Center worshiping the Lord. Verse 22 says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from Jesus. Excuse me, from the, from, from the Jews. Jesus is just revealing all of these things to her. Verse 23, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers, here it is, underlined in your Bible, these are the type of kind, the kind of worshipers, help me out, the Father seeks. He's looking for you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, he's searching for you. He's seeking for you. He's looking for you. God is spirit and worshipers must, must worship in spirit. And in truth, verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah. See, she knew this. All of the seeds planted in her heart. Maybe she went, maybe she got invited to a vacation Bible school whenever she was a child. 
Maybe she went to a youth group because there was this cute boy and she just wanted to meet him. But there, the, the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ was planted in her life. I'm just being, you know, silly. But if you can just imagine, because she knew this. She's a Samaritan when she says, I know that Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And this is a mic drop moment for Jesus. Then Jesus declared, verse 26, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Jesus, come on, give him praise. Come on. Wow. And that's the reward. That's the re What is the reward? The reward is Jesus revealing himself to you. That's the reward. That's the reward. The reward is Jesus. Let me say it one more time. The reward is Jesus revealing himself to you. That when you're searching, you have all of these questions. All of a sudden, Jesus says, I'm him. I'm him. I am him. This is who you needed. I am him. And I am here. Let, let, let me explain it a little bit more. See, if you are sick, seek him and watch how he reveals that he is your healer. If you are feeling defeated, Seek him and watch how he reveals that he is our victory. If you are battling depression, suicidal thoughts, seek him and watch how he reveals that he is your heavenly father and that he loves you and he will pull you through. Somebody say amen, amen in the house of the Lord. If you are fearful, he is your strong tower. If you are sad, he is your joy. If you're tormented by life, he is your peace. If you're falling apart, he is your firm foundation. If you are unsure of tomorrow, he is your blessed assurance. If you are lost, he is your God. If you're in darkness, he's your bright and morning light. If you are a sinner, he is your savior. His name is Jesus. Seek him and you will find him. Not because of religious obligations. Not because my parents make me do this. Not because you just show up and read the words on the screen. No, you, you, you find him because you seek him with all of your heart. And when you do so on the other side of the journey, you will find him. Let me finish with it. Let me conclude. I have three, three, three just invitations. Who is the seeker? You, Christ. What is the reward? The revelation of who he is, of what you need. See, Jesus to me during this week might be something different than Jesus to you in this week. What are you seeking for? And what is our response as seekers? Well, God invites us to do the following. So, every single one of us, whether you are a, a, a volunteer already, a leader, a teacher, a greeter, everyone on stage, everyone. This is an invitation to us all. Not just the pastors. This is to every single one of us. This is your invitation. Three quick things. Number one, seek God first. 
this next five days, starting tomorrow, I want every single one of us to open up Bible and read a scripture, a chapter, wherever it is. But every single one of us, for every single one of us, for us to start the day by reading God's Word. There is an app for everything, church. We can do so. Especially those of you who drive to work or are home in the morning. There's something that you can do so that you, all of us here, can open up the Bible in the morning, this next five days, and start the day with God first. How much should I read? There's no guidelines for that. This is you and God. But read something each and every day. Number two, seek God often. Develop this habit. Develop this habit. I understand that there's many of you who work in the evenings. But those of you who are able, join us. Come, come, let's build this habit. Let us worship God and seek the Lord together. Which leads me to my final invitation. You seek God first. You seek God often. I encourage you that every day you come. And the third one, let's seek God together. As you stand to your feet, we are a community. We are one. We grow, we grow best together. Let me tell you, I've had some beautiful worship moments by myself. Me, myself, and my car. Ooh. Man, I'm singing to the top of my lungs. Anybody had those moments? Or, or when you're alone in, the, in your, at your house, you know what I'm talking about? Like nobody's home, and you're just like, echo, blah, 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 and crank it up, right? I don't know if anybody still does this, you know, but, you know, just in case. Or you're in your car and you're just having a worship moment. I've had many of those. Many of where I'm screaming to the top of my lungs. But you know what? That is beautiful. But man, it is so much powerful when I worship the Lord amongst all of these worshipers in this house. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It is so much. See, hunger stirs hunger. Let me say it one more time. Hunger stirs hunger. I know the words of God says that where there's two or three gathered in his name, he is there. But I look at it this way. One, two, three, God is there. One, two, three, God is there. One, two, three, God is there. Can you just imagine? We're just saying, can you imagine? Can you imagine what we can do when all of us here in our faith, we, we, we believe what God will do? I don't know how many of you ever had a, an event or a birthday party and you invited all of these people and only about two or three showed up. Anybody had that moment? So you had all this food, you had all these all these preparations, these balloons and things. Just a couple showed up. It's very discouraging. But man, when your house is packed, when you have to turn down the AC to 49 because it's so hot in here, man, that's such a good feeling to have no more room at the table. That you had to pull the benches and the, 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 the chairs from upstairs, you name it. Let us seek God together because together is so much better. Would you open up the word every day? Will you come every day? Would you seek God together every day? Because let me leave you with this. I wonder, I wonder what God will do when you find him. I wonder what God has for you when you find him. Father, 
Our spirit is longing for your presence. Our spirit is longing for your presence.